We're jumping into it. Jumping right in. Yeah. Feet welcome first. to late. Welcome to late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Tra- Travis. Travis Tate. How's it going, everybody? We're, we were already talking about my kind of my new jam for the for the time being because I'm up to date on uh, on Doom Patrol, but Travis is taking it one at a time. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm a, I'm not gonna bite into this hard candy. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> have some self control and enjoy it. Uh, I'm up at the I'm up to the kind of uh, version of it that you are right now, just because I'm up to date on it. <laughs> so I have to, I'm forced to weekly consume it. Right. But, uh, oh, so they just release one at a time? Yeah, it, okay. it releases on Thursdays. Ah. My weeks are Thursdays, Doom Patrol, uh, Sundays, Perry Mason, which, by the way, uh, we shouldn't divert from Doom Patrol, but uh, remind me about Perry Mason, because something that we had talked about with Perry Mason has come to pass. Is Perry Mason but, on HBO? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for some reason I was thinking it was on CBS. Yeah, it's on Maybe HBO. it's on both, Kinda, I wonder. I, you know, I don't, I don't really have a huge barometer for like talking to it. Cause I guess from that standpoint, I don't hear a ton of people talking about doom patrol. Just I've had an opportunity to watch it now. It's on HBO max, but, uh, right. I don't hear, I don't hear much chitter chatter about Perry Mason. I, I really liked it. Well, I mean, it's a show that was what, like 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I remember as a yeah. kid when they would bring old Raymond Burr, they'd, like uh, roll him oh, out, Raymond Burr. They'd roll him out and do some like Perry Mason mysteries, and they would do like TV movies when they weren't yeah. doing the fa- the Father Dowling or Murder She Wrote. Did they ever cross or, over those two with uh, Perry Mason? I don't know if they ever crossed over. With oh, Perry Mason. That, they that, did cross that's over a gold with, uh, mine. What was the Andy Griffith one? Um, uh, Matlock. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Matlock and. Uh, <laughs> And Murder, She Wrote had crossovers. I remember I had a friend that was obsessed with Matlock because he's like, every single episode, he just, he invites himself into somebody's house and just starts going through their food and just starts eating their food while he's (laughs) interrogating them. He's like, it would be the best job ever. You just go in, you start eating somebody's chicken and then you go, so did you, did you, did you happen to kill, kill that man? (laughs) It was kind of like down home folksy, uh, Columbo. In a lot, yeah, a little in bit. A lot of ways. Yeah, one more bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just 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 one more bite. But but that's not what we're talking about, Travis. We're talking about your journey through the the most Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yes, I just watched episode three. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's the one with the puppets. It's something Patrol. They're all they're all named something Patrol. It's pro- I think it's Puppet Patrol, actually. I think you are correct. On yeah. That. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting episode. It is. That, that's a real interesting episode. And what, what we are starting to talk about is uh, Doom Patrol has been one of the things I really like about it is um, they do a lot of character building, which it, the, a lot of the character building is something happens in an episode and then much later <laughs> they sort of process it. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> I will say, I will say, like all of the characters have had a, a lot of, yeah. There have been a few episodes that they haven't really resolved the thing that they brought up in it, but that's a that one's so early that the whole you know Nazi bunker and you know that character in particular. Did, so did that? Did that the bad guy the the Nazi? Did did he die? Did he die? Or were you led to believe that his consciousness is maybe kind of 
not there. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know that he necessarily completely died. I'm not buying that he's completely dead, actually. He was keeping yeah. his, himself alive somehow. I mean, he was already way past his expiration date, naturally. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he had a contingency plan somewhere. I mean, yeah, he, he, he managed to download his consciousness into all of the, like, uh, you know... What are what? What's the little uh, Hansel and Gretel people that he had, yeah. had there? <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Hansel and Gretel people. <laughs> but, so uh, so I think he's still around somewhere. You, you, that that episode was kind of largely, uh, it was largely kind of to give some context for Mister Nobody, but there was a lot of. Uh, Cliff building and Jane building in that episode. I, I, it was more Larry building than anything else. It was a lot about his backstory and his relationship with with his mechanic guy and kind of you know their yeah. their thing on the slide. So there was a lot there, and there was him trying to figure out, you know, what exactly his relationship is with you know the electric thing inside of him and whether he can control it or work together or something like that. But the Jane stuff was really cool. Actually, when, when she goes and, nuts and cliff that fight scene at the end, whew, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, you, you were also, uh, introduced to animal mineral vegetable man. Yeah. You know, kind of the, the cool thing about, I was watching it on the DC, uh, is it just DC app? Anyway, whatever the DC app is. Uh, and, at the end of the episode, while the credits are rolling, it pops up on the side and it shows a, a, a comic book from like the 60s. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it wasn't the 60s. Maybe it was uh, issue 64 or something like that. But it showed yeah. that guy with the with the velociraptor head and. And then his regular head and then like the. I didn't know that they I didn't. I thought hand. velociraptor. I thought velociraptors were invented by a uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Well, maybe it wasn't. A, it, it was some sort of dinosaur in the old picture. It might not have necessarily been a velociraptor, I'm, but it was definitely a dinosaur. So this existed like decades ago. Celery fingers. That's what I'm going to call him. Just oh. keep your fingers away from peanut butter because celery and peanut butter <sighs> together. What a combo. Indeed. How come combos didn't do that? Oh, I don't. I think it's the fresh. Like, dude, you gotta have the fresh celery. Yeah, that's true. But you can you can get the flavor. I was looking for combos the other day. I was in the mood for combos. I was at a Maverick. Are no, we in a combo no combos. shortage? I think so. Coins, coins, and combos are on the shortage. These I think days. I think just because of COVID, they're having trouble getting pizza filling and crust together. Uh, <laughs> You can buy bags of combos, but it's one bag of the pizza filling and one bag of the yeah. pizza crust. It's six just feet singles. Apart. You do the work. Combo singles. You do the work. <laughs> you just gotta squeeze it in there. <laughs> oh. So yeah, like uh, like I was saying, um, boy, I like I I I really kind of and number one, I applaud your restraint because once I started watching Doom Patrol, I just had to blast the whole thing. I think I kind of, at, uh, at this point in my life, I need, not this, I'm, I'm not complaining at all. Don't get me wrong. But I need something to like look, f not necessarily look forward to, but I need some sort of uh, 
Yeah, look forward to. I'm just going to say, look forward to. As far as entertainment goes, like the rest of my life is wonderful. I, you know, I'm not complaining at all. But entertainment-wise, there's so little out there that I, I definitely want that to look forward to. And like you said when we were talking before we started recording, Umbrella Academy's coming out, so I'll have that too. But things are yeah, most- things are going to start getting really thin for a while here because they haven't made anything new for five months. No. Travis, you're not paying attention. There are several. What if we just had a Zoom party with celebrities TV shows Ugh. in production right now? I hate that stuff. I really, I think it's, it's a desperate attempt at, hey, look at me, we're still relevant. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Yeah, I, I think we had talked about that before, but it was, it was kind of astounding me. Like, there were a few times where there was a table read. I think it was uh, one of the first ones that I, I became aware of was the Grace and Frankie table read because. Uh, Cindy loves like Grace and Frankie is a great program specifically my wife adores it so I was really mm-hmm. excited about that but those that was uh, that was a table read of uh, an episode for the upcoming season and like I, that made sense to me it made sense to me like oh this is a fun way and like the, to promote it, was it. For a chair it was for a charity mm-hmm. and like you know they were kind of interacting with their fan base and then it became like more of those and like okay right and then it became like uh long dead long dead shows the class getting together to read one of the old episodes i'm like what are, <laughs> what are we doing here or reunion like you know the the cast of lord of the rings getting together for a union i'm like what are right wait, what are we doing here and now it now it has full-fledged gone from there there are two categories of tv right now travis there is we shot a regular person out of a cannon in hopes that they can win money or <laughs> we are a bunch of celebrities who have nothing to do right now. And we desperately need, we desperately just need the attention. So Mm -hmm. what if we had a zoom call and I don't know, we all laughed while one of us tried to eat Paschetti with like, you know, uh, (laughs) with spoons. Right. I think all the table read stuff, it just shows how unoriginal Hollywood is. Like, like you said, the first one you saw was Grace and Frankie. Okay. Uh, so they do it, and then somebody else is like, "Well, maybe we should try that too." And then every, now it's like, "Well, we have to do it if our our fans are going to be disappointed if we don't do one." So then they start to justify it, like, "Well, everybody else is doing it. We have to. We have to keep up." So it's this is kind of lame. It it just comes from that like uh, entertainment at that entertainment at that like TV executive level is so risk averse. If that that it. it like they, it was so funny because uh, um, the the giant bomb cast the the video game uh, podcast that I really like one of their one of their members uh, we talked about last week uh, did uh, production assistant stuff with uh, with MythBusters and mm-hmm. I think they were talking about uh, Deadliest Warrior they were just chatting about it for fun and they they just got on a tangent of like how fun it would be to just get a you know, a molded body of ballistic gel and beat it with a bat. And then someone just out of the blue said, I see TV shows like that. And it just looks like someone's throwing money at a wall. And the, that guy who had been on, he's like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. And it's, it's almost, it's almost like Schrodinger's Schrodinger's spinning. I, I don't think it's Schrodinger's spinning. I don't know what, it, what the thing is I'm looking for. Schrodinger's cat idea of once they've, once they've fallen upon an idea that they think will make money, no, they will throw all the money at it. But 
they're they're scared shitless to spend money on something that they don't know from the get-go is going to make money right it's like uh young adult type stuff after harry potter came out it was everybody's got to have young adult stuff so they're just like grabbing any you know twilight uh yeah i was gonna say i was kind of with twilight that it, it, it was it was kind of a, an evolution of, yeah, like it, it kind of went Harry Potter to Twilight, and once uh, Hunger Games happened, it was just, it was just over from there. It's just like every every book that my friends were reading was about a chosen teen who. Oh yeah, I know. Who saved all the adults? Yeah, because adults are completely stupid. Which I mean, some of them are, but <laughs> it's it's a story that's just like, all right, we've done it. How about you come up with something else? Well, hey. I mean, it's it's the lane that they're running. I mean, I can't I can't fault teen like YA fiction for like appealing to their their audience the same way. Like Travis, almost literally every aging male celebrity that we know of has done what I've what I've come to realize is single dad porn. Of <laughs> my daughter has been kidnapped. Finally, my ex wife has to listen to me, who only knows how to be violent and there's usually there's usually a new husband in the picture who's just like in the background going like uh megan we called the police they're already doing their job you can't rely on buck to save your daughter from terrorists did you see san andreas this week is that what san andreas is basically but it's an earthquake and it's got the rock in it no man like take his wife is carla gugino or gugino i don't know how to say her last name carla googly eyes yeah but she's remarried her husband's kind of useless the rock comes in saves the day saves their daughter and then she realizes oh you really were a good man the whole time i don't even think that taken was necessarily the the first one of these it was just the one that really it it was the harry potter of of like you know single dad porn uh, which I mean, regular porn is single dad porn, obviously. But I think the first uh, one was My Father the Hero with Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> that was the original. What? How did? You, okay, <laughs> Travis. Yeah. Travis. Sidebar. Why Gerard Depardieu? Ah, uh, why not? I mean, <laughs> I guess he filled a hole that needed filling. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the Depard like. We've got a we've got a breach. Uh, he was like Hollywood spackle. I I can't even think of what what was the Gerard Depardieu what what made Gerard Depardieu stick out like a Gerard Depardieu thumb. I think what, it was it was Jepper, and this is a what movie did Gerard Depardieu do <laughs> Depardieu. Uh, there was a movie called Green Card. I've never seen it, but I remember that was kind of like a a big hit with Andy McDowell and Gerard Depardieu. So I think maybe he didn't stink up the place. So they're like, let's you've give him a, some more movies. You've got a dowel and a plug. Yep. And you just kind of put it in there and hope for the best. Hope nothing starts squirting out. But with G- Gerard Depardieu, something will always start squirting out. That's one thing I've learned. I'm going to look up this man's IMDb, which boy, I'm glad that. It, oh my God. He kind of looks like <laughs> one of the mystics from the dark crystal. He, <laughs> looking at elderly Gerard Depardieu, uh, I'm trying to, what am I looking at? Here? I know he's famous for being an alcoholic. Sure looks Gerard like Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, uh, Grace and Frankie, I've never seen it, but I'm going to predict, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict, uh, 
Grace is, uh, you know, Jane Fonda, and Frankie is uh, Lily Tomlin. I'm going to go out on a limb there. Is that right? I think so, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. Hey, look, make it clear. Like, don't make it like Rizzoli and Isles. Which one's Rizzoli? Which one's Isles? I would How say Rizzoli has to be Angie Harmon because she looks Italian. I think she is Italian. You- you have you have completely destroyed me by even knowing who's in Rizzoli and Isles. I only oh, know Angie Harmon. Oh, I'm trying to think. There's Rizzoli and Isles, and there. I don't know the other a, lady. There was an era of I think that is that TNT. Yeah, I think so. There was a there's an era of TNT that gets made fun of that was just character like two character names. Don't know what they do. And there was another <laughs> one that was just that. Remember yeah, Cagney like, and Lacey? Whoa, that goes that Cagney goes back away. Uh, proto scarecrow and mrs king jake and the fat man jake and the fat man uh (laughs) kate and Allie. um i don't know yeah there's a lot of those yeah there's a few there are a lot of those (laughs) they're they're investigating things just let them investigate yeah why not gerard depardieu seems to be mostly known for cyrano de bergiac in 1990 as well as okay man in the iron mask was he in that like maybe a french version no, the the one with uh, Leo uh, with uh, yeah. Huh. He must have been a bad guy. Stacked cast on that. Like, okay, that that man in the Iron Mask is kind of interesting to I me. I remember liking it that, in the nineties. Yes, that that movie that movie I think lives and dies by. I remember liking it. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need out of a movie. I mean, it's a it is a stacked cast for something for. I mean, it's a Three Musketeers tale, and I feel like Three Musketeers tales just don't. Three Musketeers. Any, if you were to say, "Hey, I've got a Three Musketeers movie or Candy Bar," they're both things that I look, I look at and go, "I mean, I'm sitting down on a Saturday. Sure, I'll enjoy that for ten minutes." (laughs) Even the one with, uh, you know, oh god, it had Kiefer Sutherland and uh, uh, Mr. Tiger's Blood himself. uh, No, no, no Charlie Sheen was in it. Who else was in that one? I think Oliver uh, Platt was in it. <laughs> oh, and Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Oh, I do remember that. He was That's like the bad. fourth. I think he was D'Artagnan or something. Yeah, but I mean, listen to the the stacked cast of of the the mains of Leonardo DiCaprio and then the you know Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, Gerard Depardieu, wow. and Gabriel Byrne. That is a great cast, actually. Maybe I have to track I mean, that down that, and give it a watch. There are. I, I'm gonna. Travis, I'm going to say this. Go for the it. The '90s, the '90s was a powerhouse of just okay movies that get by. By, hey, we we somehow talked a ton of amazing actors to be in this movie that's just okay. You know, I I was actually looking yesterday. Yesterday was my anniversary. Okay, that's how Michael so, Bay. That's why we even have Michael Bay. Is Michael Bay made a <laughs> bunch of just okay movies, but he like. You shouldn't be able to. You should not be able to stomach like Armageddon or uh, Con Air. Those only get by because all the most charming people in the universe, for the most part, said, "Yeah, sure, I'll go. I'll go be a character actor in your movie." <laughs> I know. I was looking at movies from 1995 yesterday because I was like, "We got married in 1995. Let's watch a movie from 1995." There was actually a pretty decent list of movies in there. You got, oh, yeah. we watched Clueless. That's what we ended up watching. But you got seven. <laughs> Empire Records was a good one, I remember. There was uh, Tommy Boy, Billy Madison, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature huh? Calls. 
Yeah, I thought it was later too. Yeah, I mean, there was actually some like, you know, critically acclaimed movies too. I'm not naming those. I can't remember those. But. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Yeah, there was some, like you, like you, all, you paused and all the. <clears throat> yeah, there were some critically acclaimed. <laughs> but I think there were some know. decent movies that year. I think Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever. That's not one of the critically acclaimed ones. Although I heard there's a there's a dark version of that. I guess now that people are, have got the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League coming Snyder out, the now brain. they want the the dark dark version of Batman Forever. Uh, it, I think. Oh God, what was I? I was just thumbing through Facebook today, and these sort of things pop up for me because I'm because I'm nerdy and because I have no self control to not. And there, there was just something that I, I think it was just how like. <laughs> Shazam and why he has the DC universe's most dark history. And I, I think I've just realized like any comic, just about any comic character you're going to find some writer come in, came in at some point and said, I think what we need to do is darken this. Up. I <laughs> right. think we need to give them a set. Yeah. Kids today don't even know how goofy Batman was in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it well, was fun and playful. Batman Brave and the Bold tried to do that, and they do have those two animated features that are yeah, that's true. Just that, but uh, but yeah, it's it's I, too I don't think dark. It's, it's not kids' fault that that happened. No, not at all. It's it's because uh, you know kids grow up and become adults, and they're like, well, we want to keep these people reading Batman. Let's try and do some adult storylines, and then and you get like you know the the dark night stuff. And you're like, well, that was actually pretty cool. Let's keep going down that road. And that's kind of where it gets where it's going. But and uh, honestly, Harley Quinn kind of is that it is, is that level of silliness. We just also have to talk about finger blasting <laughs> a cartoon. Yeah. So, anyway, Doom patrol that, episode three we... was really good. <laughs> Anything standing up? Like, like I said, I think my, my, favorite thing about uh season one is uh alan tu- I-, I feel like alan tudyk completely steals the show like anytime he's on yeah, he wasn't even so in this episode but not? but his backstory is they they tell it in puppet form oh okay i guess his puppet is in there his half a face puppet yeah um the whole puppet thing was actually pretty funny <laughs> i enjoyed that it kind of reminded me of the the little movie they watch in Jurassic Park, like their little <laughs> little showroom the thing. Little DNA. And then it takes a dark turn when it they start showing Nazis and they start goose stepping across the stage as puppets. Damn Nazis! Damn Nazis! <laughs> and the the guy that turns into the uh, dinosaur salary guy he goes, "Well, this wasn't and in the brochure." <laughs> he goes, "This wasn't in the brochure, but okay." <laughs> That char- I think funny, he's everything I, I, man. Yeah. I don't know that what his character, name is. That character's arc is pretty... It's fun. So he, he becomes Doom, part of the show? Doom Patrol? Not afraid to have fun, Travis. No, it's definitely fun. Yeah, there's <clears> definitely <throat> some fun going on. Even just, you know, road tripping it was kind of amusing. I am often... I, I will say this for Doom Patrol. I'm I'm often kind of weirded out when something is introduced and doesn't become, uh, you know, doesn't end up being explained later or becoming part of the, the show. Like the cockroach. Yeah. 
I did notice the cockroaches in the the uh, opening credits. The cockroaches in a jar there. You haven't you you haven't had the the same thing I had where him and uh, Mister Nobody kind of sound the exact same. Mm, I didn't notice it. No. I guess I'm just weird. Maybe you were looking looking for a connection. You were trying to connect the dots. I I think. Uh, Doom Patrol is definitely always kind of weird, but I think you settle into it. So the idea, because um, I guess that is another another reason why I had the connection between the two is uh, um, Mr. Nobody is very fourth wall breaking, and I think the cockroach mm-hmm. kind of talks to the audience as well. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, could see I think that. it's less that I think it's less that the cockroach is talking to the audience as that the cockroach is always pontificating Mm, could be so i think it's just weird connections but yeah it's a it's a show that's weird that eventually the weirdness kind of makes sense for the universe as opposed (laughs) to the other the counterpart i told you about is um uh legion when legion's weird it doesn't you just at some point have to give over to that some some parts of it are a heightened reality that can't possibly make sense, but you just accept it because it's Legion. Mm. You know, like all all of a sudden char- characters do like a musical number with animated parts while they fight, and it's just like this I doesn't make sense for the overall reality. But I guess sure. I didn't realize Legion was silly. I always thought it was pretty serious. No, there. Well, that it's it's a it's a split. Huh. It's a split of uh, like you you accept that there are deep themes about mental health and and uh, you know and dramatic dramatic performances, but at the same time, there is a fleet of robots who are like kind of kind of androgynous, like kind of they seem to have the shape of women, but there's a sort of androgynous take, but they also have mustaches and <laughs> there's no there's not really much explanation of what the case is there. There's a lot of stuff that's really weird and never has a... I guess it's more like the weirdness in Doom Patrol feels like they give you an idea of why it's happening. It just seems like in-universe. Like, there's... The part I'm referencing in Legion is, I think it's at the end of Season 2, there's a fight between... um, I'm forgetting his name. The main character and the main villain that features... They're both singing a... uh, I think they're both singing a version of Behind Blue Eyes while animated versions like like mental animated versions of themselves like making like did you have you seen scott you've seen scott pilgrim right yeah yeah do you remember the fight where there's a, a like one band has dragons and one band and their band is a gorilla and they fight above yeah. them uh-huh it's it's kind of like that mm. and it doesn't it doesn't really make a ton of yeah it just it doesn't make a ton of sense and there's not really a reasonable explanation of like how is this happening to begin with is it the limp biscuit version of behind blue eyes or the led I think zeppelin it can be, i think it can be both i'm i'm gonna go I'm, I, I want it know. to be limp biscuit Ugh. do you remember that version it was terrible it was basically I, remember I when everything I... needed to be acoustic in the early 2000s <clears throat> That is a that is something that got started in the nineties because I've gone yeah, back and true. listened to I've gone back and listened to the acoustic uh, Alice unplugged and the acoustic uh, yeah the unplugged Allison Chains and the unplugged uh, Nirvana Nirvana's great I've never heard the Allison Chains ones yeah I've heard Ten Thousand Maniacs is really good as well 
And of course, Mariah. Mariah killed it. That's just too many maniacs. (laughs) 10,000 is a lot. I mean, it's really hard to mobilize when there's 10,000. And that's before we had like cell phones too. So that was a really big phone tree. Uh, and you get for like back then that was how people knew how to mobilize you get to the millennials and all they know how to get together is uh is it two guys a girl and a pizza place mm-hmm. ryan reynolds that is best i can't even remember the outright was that the actual name of that thing yeah starring ryan reynolds okay and then two okay. other people <laughs> <clears throat> no i i went back recently and um so uh allison chain's dirt was their big album and after that, they had a kind of an EP. I don't even know if it was EP. It's like a full album called Jar of Flies. And that one, for some reason, in my memory, wasn't as well known. And I went back and listened. like, this is a damn good album. Huh. Alice in Chains is damn good. And yeah, then, they were a good band. And then Lane Staley died. Yes, he did. OD, right? Yeah. 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 They got a new lead singer who I understand is... I mean, I saw them with their new lead singer. They're supposed to be really good. It's hard for me to... I don't know. But the new lead singer I I, just can't go save your daughter. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> that is what it is. That's what, Travis, that is what the new lead singer... Travis, you have stumbled upon... You've stumbled upon a a goldmine of movies that the new lead singer goes like... Uh, freaking... Uh, what's his name? Who's the Van... Like, Gary Sharon goes and saves... Gary Sharon. Like David Lee Roth, David Lee Roth can't do it. Have you ever seen that video of him just singing with no music behind it? No. It's just him doing random. Yeah. Is it it like that, that great uh, trailer for the mummy where they accidentally released it with no sound except for Tom Cruise? (laughs) I have to see that. (laughs) Yeah. It's disturbing. David Lee Roth just going, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's David Lee Roth. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's David Lee Roth, not da- not Gary Sharon. Now, I'm if I'm gonna go with with stage presences, I am always a like give me a long play Paul Stanley video. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it, Salt Lake City. So, here's something I watched the other day. I rewatched The Naked Gun. It's on, uh, I believe. Oh, no I watched kidding. it on, yeah, it's on uh, Netflix. <clears throat> I hadn't seen it, I don't know, 20, 25 years. It's really funny still. It's, I really like Airplane, but it might be better than Airplane. I know. How uh, much, how much of it is reference that you need to have been there at the time to get the reference? There was a few things because I watched it with my oldest son and I had to explain a few gags but for the most part i mean he caught right on and knew what was going on so and it was he was kind of like i was like let's try watching this because we were looking for something to watch and he's like i don't know and i was like trust me they're funny so like just the opening sequence do you remember the opening sequence with the car First, it's chasing criminals down the street. Then it goes oh, on oh, the like sidewalks. The oh, yeah. Then yeah. it starts going through people's houses, and it goes That's underwater a, at one point. And he was on board as soon as he saw that. He's like, all right, yeah, this is that, funny. That's a comedy thing that I think ends up being – if you're willing to just get into silly things, that's that's going to be a pretty timeless thing. And, you know, Leslie Nielsen plays it straight for the most part. 
so it's just the funny things going on around them because they're so ridiculous. But they're not like wacky Jim Carrey talking with their butt type stuff, which, you know, has its place too. But just the way they they wrote this out is so smart. They just don't make movies I'm, like that now. Oddly enough, uh, Al Yankovic has remained relevant enough that that still plays, I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him him walking off the plane. Uh, they're not here for you, Frank. They're here for Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> yeah. is on the plane. And then the opening uh, actual scene is O.J. Simpson wearing prowler clothes, sneaking around a dock. Oh, that, that <laughs> oh boy, that ages in a very different way. And then he gets shot, and he gets electrocuted, and he <laughs> falls into a uh, into the ocean. It's pretty funny. There's some good stuff in there, and also Ricardo Montalban, rich Corinthian oh, love- leather. He's the bad guy. Yeah, I love I love Ricardo Montalban. That that just the only question I had about it is like uh, you know how much of it. Yeah, <clears throat> one thing that I I think about just because it's been in production for so long is that uh, people bring up like how excited they are for Space Jam, whatever the new Space Jam is going to be. I think it's going to be bad. And I'm like, well, that was a that that was a thing that if you you go back and watch Space Jam, Space Jam is a lot of. Not really, like the the one I think of particular is the monsters running around and a bullet hits them and it's just Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd dressed up as the characters from Pulp Fiction. Right. It's not a joke. It's just a reference. Right. But you know what Space Jam had going for it is that nobody knew it was going to happen and then suddenly one day it was there. And we were like, all right, we'll give it a try. And then it was like, oh, that was actually pretty good. But this has been in the making for like 25 years. And people have been going, Space Jam 2, Space Jam 2. And when it finally comes out, everybody's going to be like, eh, that's what we were waiting for? <laughs> well, they, they, I think I saw something just last week. Because this, this was the thing I, <clears throat> I, this was the thing I kind of knew it would turn into. And this, this uh, it's not even a thing like, uh, like the old Space Jam that was just references to popular movies at the time. So one of the things I saw is... Uh, production shots of the mask jim carrey's the mask being in the new space jam and i feel like really whereas whereas old old space jam was um old space jam was these references to popular things at the time i feel like new space jam is references to properties warner brothers owns to see if hey if everyone loves the thing with the mask in it maybe we really can make another mask movie you're gonna get hagrid you're all wizard, Harry. I really think that stuff's going to happen, yeah. It kind of, yeah, I, I would get that impression. What else do they own? You're going to get the Matrix? Ugh, why? That's just kind of desperate, in my opinion. <clears throat> so I mentioned not, that I... I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, Marvel has ruined it for everyone. Well, Disney has ruined it for everyone because Disney kind of cornered the market on we're looking to make franchises. Like we had talked about, there were a lot of parts of Rise of Skywalker that felt like, hey, what if we made a TV show about this? Like like (laughs) a lot of things in Rise of Skywalker felt like just poking gently at the audience going, do you think this character's cool? Because we could really make a movie about this if you want. And and the la- that last season of um, that last season of Clone Wars felt like, hey, what if we made what if we made a spinoff with this? Oh, and it definitely was. I mean, the the Dirty Dozen or the Dirty I can't remember what they're called, <clears throat> now, 
but those those clones definitely the, that's why they were the first the, episodes because the then they Mandalorian ju- uh, leader woman whatever that's kind of the thing yeah but that's when they kind of rolled into the Ahsoka stuff which which is what everybody really wanted to see yeah the Ahsoka the uh, I feel like it was brought up specifically was brought up specifically because like we we need to remind people we need to get Ahsoka interest soaked because we're going to do this in the Mandalorian. And you know what? I think it could spin off into its own show. I really do. So, I mean, you bring, you bring in Rosario Dawson, you don't bring in somebody like with a name. It's not like she's not Julia Roberts, obviously, but she's a name. And especially in the nerd community, you know, people really enjoy her work. So I think you bring in a name like that. It's so you can go, Hey, maybe we'll do a season of just Ahsoka stuff, you know? Well, it's, and and I get that, but it, it just does come back to, it feels like a lot of, a lot of this sort of entertainment that's usually, you know, been my nerdy bread and butter. It's hard to watch things in a vacuum because a lot of it is, a lot of it is, I know that I know it's being produced to see if, we can expand it. I think that's why they brought Shia LaBeouf into Indiana Jones and it just did not work. But Oh yeah. That was definitely why he was there, right? So they could spin the series off with him going on adventures. I but it it, it Oh my god, Travis, there's going to be another one with Harrison Ford. I know. I, I, that's in, in theory, pro- that, that has to be dialed that that has to be dialed back. I I don't even know if they ever got where that got to. I know Harrison Ford agreed to be in one. I know they kept bumping it and bumping it. And now with COVID, who knows if they're ever going to actually get to it. If you get Harrison Ford at this point, you have to think that the the thought process is we need to get this done quickly. Mm -hmm. They're probably doing it in front of a green. They're zooming it right now. Harrison Ford, what, 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 I can't hear you. You can hear me, but I can't hear you. What is what's going on? This damn Zoom garbage. I don't know how else they're going to do it. I, I just want him to recast her, her, uh, Indiana Jones, and that's an unpopular thing, but I want to see more indie movies, personally. I I still feel like I... I... Yes, recast it and try to keep it in the sort of but <clears throat> the um, Raiders to uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Last Crusade. Right. Keep it in that era. It no, feels I agree. so weird when it's. It feels so weird the more modern it gets. Even in the fifties was weird. That was the last one, right? It was the fifties, the late fifties. I'm pretty I, sure. I guess so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the late fifties because the old the other maybe it was in the early sixties though. I'm still, and I'm also still in the lane where the older these characters get, the more ridiculous it seems that they're surviving and thriving in the action sequences. Like Rambo. <laughs> yes. I still need to watch that. I heard, I heard there's an unrated version on Amazon that you can watch, <laughs> and there's a scene where this this is actually Joey Diaz that was saying this on his podcast. He said there's a scene where Rambo, because he likes it because it's an old guy. He rips a guy's collarbone out and then stabs him to death with it, or something like that. I must have I must have watched that version because yes, I saw that. Oh, part. you did see that one? Okay, that sounds pretty good. 
that's definitely the version I need to see if he's going to rip a collarbone out and then stab the guy with it. <laughs> uh, I mentioned he's earlier... Like, he, like, tortures him with it. It's, it's oh, like really? a bad movie. I mentioned uh, that I watched Clueless last night. Oh, uh, yeah, I wanted to go back to that because someone I was... So I was fooling around with some online forum stuff, and someone brought up Clueless specifically to reference the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh, yeah, they were definitely in there. <laughs> they just happened to be at some random college party in the L.A. area of 1995. That was a little weird. But the movie itself actually holds up pretty decent. They did have cell phones because they're rich kids, so they had cell phones. They didn't have like smartphones like we have, but... I mean, the fashion wasn't that far off from how kids dress now. There's a lot of plaid. Uh, you know, the cars, <laughs> there's Jeep Wranglers that look similar to how they look now. I mean, it actually holds up pretty good. And it's a, it, it's a, an amusing movie. It's still all right. Good, some good life lessons there. Don't be shallow. That was the main <clears throat> one, I think. Don't be shallow. <laughs> There were a few of those. It was funny because they were having a, a the, the big party scene. And I, I told Penny, my wife, I was like, you know, all these people will accept Brittany Murphy. <laughs> all these people are now playing the parents of the kids having the party, the parties because they're all in their yeah. mid-40s now. Alicia Silverstone's got to be like 45, right? What is she doing? Is Alicia Silverstone working? The last thing I saw her in was... Uh, it's Jeremy Sisto. He's the, he's the tall Elton guy in there. He was on a show called Suburgatory. Like, I don't know. Uh, uh, it was, it was a decent, it was like an ABC show. It had that, you know, Jane Levy, the redheaded actress that's in, uh, she was the one in Zoe's infinite playlist. Anyway, he was her dad and he had a love interest for a while that was Alicia Silverstone. So it was kind of like a clueless reunion. Weird. Let's see. Let's see what she's maybe been doing. I think she's uh, a, I think she's, she's an activist now. She's in the babysitters club TV series. Up oh, really? All right. Uh, I know she's, she's a vegan in masters of the universe revelation TV miniseries in pre-production. Oh, I think that's a cartoon. I think she's Queen doing a voice. Marlena. Yeah. Uh, as an uncredited voice in Valley Girl, I mean, I guess she's in, she did stuff in Bajillion Dollar Properties. Yeah, I mean, she's... There's a show called Bajillion Dollar Properties? Yeah, it was a, uh, <laughs> it, it was a um, like a spoof of Million Dollar Properties. Oh, uh, okay, things. good. With a name like that, you can't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Bajillion. Uh, looks like she's worked pretty consistently. I don't know, Alicia Silverstone, like... Um, actresses specifically from that era and before, I always, when they kind of drop out of view, I always wonder just, I, I, it just seems like women from that era kind of got chewed up and spit back out. Oh yeah. I think they always have. There's just always been actresses who, it it, it amazes me the way that, that actors can fail upward. Like, like what, why do we even talk to Charlie Sheen anymore? Because <laughs> you want a soundbite. Why does anyone let Charlie Sheen do anything? There, you know, um, Nicholas Cage. That, like if it, if an actress had the streak of flops that like Ben Affleck has had between maybe like the late '90s through some of the 2000s, like, he 
what had Ben Affleck done that got him to Batman? Uh, I mean, he did a few, a few terrible Kevin Smith movies, Jersey Girl. <clears throat> I get maybe Daredevil. Maybe that's the link. Like, oh, he looked okay with a with a cowl on. I don't know. It's just like like Ben Affleck is definitely an actor that you look at his body of work and uh, you you would think that because I don't know. You get what I'm saying is that there are a lot of actors that fail upward. That right. They do one thing. They do one thing that they get pretty famous for. Uh, spend a lot of years trying to figure out who they are. Like Matthew McConaughey is great, but he spent a lot of time in uh, in rom com hell, being forced into roles that really didn't fit right. him just because he was good looking, and that's what you do with guys. I mean, that's Hollywood for you. They chew you up and spit you out. It's, as soon as you don't look young anymore, for some reason, our society is obsessed with youth. I think it's because it's the one thing that you really can't buy is youth. You can't buy the years back. You can get you can get surgeries done and try to, you know, you end up looking like something from, uh, what was that movie we were watching? Uh, Escape from L.A., <laughs> the Bruce Campbell <laughs> type of people, you know, the cat ladies. But you, oh, Bruce Campbell only gets better looking. Is like, have you seen any of those pictures of bearded Bruce Campbell? No, I haven't. Uh, if you have a chance, like Bruce Campbell seems to get better as better looking as he gets older. Hail to the beard, baby! And he, he's always been a he's always been a pretty good looking guy. He just looks like when you think about a, a when you think about an actor of a bygone era when they talk about like a like a like a like a brick chinned or whatever, like a square jawed. <laughs> Right. He, he fits that he fits that a little too much. Yeah, he definitely could have been he could have been Batman. You know, if Michael Keaton yeah. hadn't taken the role, he could have been Batman. And still had a sense I mean, of humor about it too. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay, time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Forget killing baby Hitler. We're gonna cast Bruce Campbell as Batman and see what changes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, geez. Like if you go back and mess with time, like, I mean, that is the classic of, I would go back and kill Hitler. And that's certainly, that's like, okay, we're getting into, we're getting into full on dumbness. Like, yes, killing Hitler has a lot of really, I don't know. eh, Someone equally as bad has to step in and do something equally as bad. Right. Can I tell you my favorite, uh, killing Hitler joke? Uh, What's that? Joe Mackey. He's a comedian, very funny comedian. He's got a bit where he's like, "What if some? What if somebody really did invent a time machine? And all this time, people have been going back and trying to kill baby Hitler. And maybe that's why baby Hitler hates Jews because all these Jews are going back in time trying to kill him." <laughs> I this is this is so silly because it is kind. It, it, it's a very kind of uh, woo kind of motivational thing, but they. they People talk about you, you see that thing of like uh, all these people talk about like what if you could go back in time what would you change when people maybe should be focusing on I could be making a few better future right now I would definitely go back and change the COVID thing <laughs> I think oh everybody God. could agree on that one at this point Travis, not not people, that much would change only positive people, things I was just gonna say if people at the time if people like accredited scientists at the time 
who could take a scientific chart and show it to a person and say, this is what's going to happen, and they couldn't fix things. What a time traveler? What do you think you could do? It, okay, Travis, let's let's go. Let's keep going deep. Let's drill deeper deeper into this dumbassery. If you could go back to change COVID, okay, let's say you the the phone booth comes down. Uh, George Carlin comes out and says, "We're gonna go fix COVID." What do you go do? I think I go and I kill all the bats in China. That's a good start. Just completely just wipe them all out. Wipe them out. All of them. That's a Star Wars <laughs> Phantom Menace reference. I wonder if you can actually go back in time if you play shares, if I could turn back time backward. There's, there's only one way to find out, Travis. I need to buy that record and play it backward. You got to be careful of that. might be the road to demon semen. Demon semen. That whole mess. Yeah. Really appealing, right? Anyway. <laughs> you got anything else you wanted to, that you, you happened to, to see? Um, I'm trying to think of what. I watched see, a couple things to... that were pretty fun. Oh, hey, yeah. hit me up, man. Okay. Uh, first one, I watched The Old Guard. It's on. It's a new Netflix movie that's got uh, Charlie's Theron in it. Yeah, I it's watched a, I watched about half of that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Didn't really have a complaint about it. Just wasn't doing there wasn't anything in it that I like uh I I love Charlize Theron. Uh -huh. Love her. And it's fun to see her. Story-wise it was kind of like, well, you know, okay, so we've got a, it's a chosen one story. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, it is a chosen one. But it's and it's that's, that's Fine. It, there's a twist in there that happens and there's some consequences to actions and stuff. I mean, for what it is for a movie that premiered on Netflix, it was a lot of fun. If I went and saw it in a theater, I might've said, eh, kind of generic action movie. But for seeing it on Netflix, I was like, oh, well that was fun. That was a, a fun two hours of my life. So I it, feel like if you're looking for one of those like just action movies, you know, there's a lot. I mean, there is a lot of good action in it. Like a lot of good. If you like some gruesome deaths and stuff like that, there's some pretty good ones in there. Yeah, I think I got up through. I remember I, I definitely saw where they were in the plane. Oh, they're fighting each other. <laughs> and I, I definitely remember her shooting her shooting her at least once shooting her very casually just to get her to knock it off once you get to the very end you find out some history about some other uh immortals that they have known over the years and you find out charlie's theron is the oldest of all of them but oh that's funny because i i could have sworn i i could have sworn kind of uh early in it that they make they sort of make it clear that there are old, there were older ones than her but no, that's fine. She could have been lying, or it could have been I just didn't hear it very well. I, th I think she's the she was the first, or at least the she didn't know she, one. She didn't know one older. Anyway, they make reference to some other star. ones that they knew, and then there's like a twist at the very end that makes you think there's going to be a sequel, which which is kind of there's a little stinger scene at the end that's worth sticking around for. Yeah. You, you, You'd figure they'd have to. Yeah, but it looks it, it was fun, and Travis, I would watch a I would watch a sequel. Yes, Travis, please tell me please tell me they do the thing that, that those movies always do. 
please tell me someone famous is an immortal that they make reference to. No. No, there was nothing like that. Those those kind of movies or shows always do that. They always like like, well, John Lennon. You know, John Lennon was immortal, right? Or uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do that. And they Netflix has proven they can get Keanu Reeves to do stuff for them. That's true. He was in that um, that Ali Wong movie. That actually would that actually would have been amazing if they were just like one of the scenes where they're like at a coffee house in Bali and. And they're doing the thing where they, they give her a muffin and she tells them everything that's in it. Like just Keanu Reeves walks by and says, hey, guys, been a while. Good seeing you. And just walked back out of frame. <laughs> so that that was fun. Uh, I watched another one last night. Um, watched The Hitman's Bodyguard. Have you ever seen that one? Ryan Reynolds, no. Samuel L. Jackson. No. It's got uh, Gary Oldman in it as well. Ooh, how's how's Gary Oldman doing? Uh, he is pretty evil in this movie. He's a he's a evil dictator. Chewing, chewing scenery or whispering? Yeah, there's there's both actually. He he's doing this kind of whispering thing, but then when when he starts chewing scenery, uh, man, he he takes some couches. I, I'm pretty sure I saw like a, a lounge chair stuck in his teeth. It was it was pretty it was pretty over the top type stuff. But it's a overall fun movie. It's a yeah, I mean, it's one of those buddy comedy things, but, uh, so Samuel L. Jackson is like the world's best, uh, you know, hitman, And then, uh, Ryan Reynolds was a triple A certified, uh, basically bodyguard guy who kind of falls on hard times. And you find out there's some unknown history between the two of them, but there's, uh, there's, uh, Salma Hayek is in the movie and she plays, um, Samuel L. Jackson's wife in the scene where they get introduced to each other, where, where he meets, they tell it in a flashback. And I think, uh, hello by, uh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Lionel Richie is playing and it's, it's just so violent. You see, you see Salma Hayek just like breaking beer bottles and stabbing guys in the throat with it. And just like, just maiming, these guys at a bar and Samuel L. Jackson just sitting there drinking a beer, falling in love with her. And falling just, in love. just that scene right there was worth the entire movie. But there's some fun stuff in there. It probably breaks the record for most MFs used in a movie. <laughs> they even reference at one point Ryan Reynolds goes, you know, you've really ruined the words MF for me. You say it so much. But I'd, like it, to, I'd like to see the look on Quentin Tarantino's face when they bring in that memo. <laughs> See, like, like clench a fist and slam it on the desk. Like, don't worry, Quentin, you're way ahead of him on the N word. Oh. Like, he like calms down, breathes easier. <laughs> but it was, it was actually a pretty fun movie. And that's another one. I, I heard they were going to do a sequel to it, but I, I could definitely see that because they've got good chemistry. They're both really funny actors and you kind of buy them as kind of like, you know, kind of a badass type guy, even though Samuel L. Jackson's like 70 he can yeah. he can still pull it off. There is one. There was one thing where he starts running, and he's got a machine gun, and he puts the machine gun behind his back and shoots a guy while he's running. And I was like, "All right, that's a little much." But other than I, that, it's pretty good because he's not um, running particularly fast either. <laughs> what maybe possibly my least favorite action movie thing 
is the when they shoot behind themselves to hit somebody. And this is just um, like I, a long swing behind his back to get it Obviously, there. obviously does not kill it for me, but the part when Han Solo shoot turn, you know, points behind himself and shoots a stormtrooper, I was just like that that is such a thing that doesn't really get pulled off. <laughs> the only time I allowed something that unreal just because it was funny for the moment was the Uzi part in uh True Lives, when she drops the Uzi down the stairs and somehow kills only the bad guys. <laughs> I forgot about that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. True Lies is a lot of fun. True Lies. So you can check out the Hitman's Bodyguard and the old the old guard. There's two guards. Check them both out. They were they were fun movies. Hey, did you uh, did you see that they're gonna do a uh, a Witcher prequel? Yeah, I've got that written down right here. I. 1200 years before the witcher takes place that goes into the category of i i guess sure i guess yeah i I guess it's a way to go into the universe and not put too much strain on henry cavill and the rest of the cast you can you can do some other stuff there's there's definitely you know some witcher lore that could be told you can find out why people hate the witchers as much as they do because, I mean, they kind of touch on it here and there, but I, I would assume maybe that's what they're going to cover. See what the big there's prejudice not, is. There's not... And that's the thing is, uh, like, playing the games, reading the books, they don't... There, there's a lot of deep lore in that, but they don't generally... You ever, you ever read or watch or just consume something that has a deep lore behind it, but they just kind of... The, the idea behind it is you, you can you can be fine without knowing the history behind this. So we're just not going to tell you. I mean, there's kind of like that with the Lord of the Rings a little. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm looking forward to the new series, but at the same time, uh, do I really want to know why, you know, the rings were formed and why they even trusted him? Because it seemed like he was up to no good as far as, uh, you know, Mordor guy, I can't remember his name. Sauron. Yeah, Sauron. Sauron, yeah. Because it seemed like he was a bad dude, so why would they all take rings from him? Yeah, things... I always feel like... like Lord of the Rings is one of those things that's just like, if you... Don't don't try and go outside the books. It's such a well... It's such a well-fleshed-out universe. I I feel the same way about um, uh, Game of Thrones. I'm not even the biggest game of thrones fan but i feel like when someone like ger martin does such a good job of fleshing out that universe don't don't step outside it the the work already got done yeah they're doing a prequel for that too aren't they i mean the 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 willy wonka books that are only two books i feel like don't make a sequel i would say don't make a sequel to charlie and the chocolate factory also don't remake it with johnny depp (laughs) don't I, and I think that they, I, I, I think they did this in the Johnny Depp one. Don't give, don't give Willy Wonka a deep backstory. Yeah, his it's dad better, was Christopher Lee, and he was a dentist, and he wouldn't let Willy have any any candy. Remember that? He had braces. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't give him that. Don't give him that. It's unnecessary. It was probably one of the weirdest things Christopher Lee ever did, and that's saying something. I think I think we learned that learned that lesson the deepest with uh, Boba Fett, which was, it's better. It's better. Whatever you made up in your head is better. 
The Clone yeah, Wars, yeah. kind of the stuff you made up in your head is better. They yeah. did a lot of hard work with the TV show, but at that point you had fe- you had learned what the Clone Wars are, and it just... I feel it, like it, they made that whole trilogy because of two lines in A New Hope. Because Obi-Wan says, we fought in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And then when they go into the bar... And the bartender goes, we don't serve your kind here. So the droids had to leave. So they're like, let's reverse and in- engineer a story where clones fight droids. We it, Did they do that? Basically, I, I think. You know, not watching all Clone Wars. That's one thing that I, it really only happens in that moment of um, where uh, droids are being racist against. There's a few other I times I think it, it, throughout the movies where they don't like droids. Yeah. And I, it's because of the Clone Wars. They really should have called it the Droid Wars. But regardless, like Lord of the Rings, even the let's not let's not talk about the Hobbit, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy is so it is kind of so perfect. I mean, obviously not a million percent perfect. You can talk about uh Return of the King having too many endings or things like that, but like you can you can only go downhill from there. You can really only go downhill. I recently watched The Fellowship, and I, I started Two Towers. I only got like 10 minutes into Two Towers. But they really are the music, the acting, the cast, just the way they tell the story, the lore of it. Everything sounds – it's all these crazy words. But you're like, yeah, I'm on board. Writers of Rohan, of course. Of course, Writers of Rohan. Duh. What else would it be? You just kind of, you get divulged into it. I don't know even if I use that right, but you get submerged into it and it, you know, just comes alive in your imagination. It's one of those things that where something can come alive in people's imagination. It's like Star Wars or Harry Potter, you know, Gone with the Wind. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Gone with the Wind is one of those movies that I think we were talking about earlier about, uh, it was okay for the time. I, I think Gone with the Wind is one of those that most people haven't seen, but it it just be, got put on a pedestal at some point, so everybody's like, oh yeah, it's a classic. I've never seen it. I don't want to see it. But if somebody started talking to me about Gone with the Wind, I'd be like, oh yeah, classic. What a classic. You know, yeah. Everybody well, BSs I mean, was, about Gone with the Wind. Up until recently, it was like the highest grossing movie of all time. Due to inflation, For, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, due to inflation. But I, I think, I think that has a, that has that has merit because honestly, like highest, like money making films almost has no meaning anymore because it's all a matter of, it, it's all a balance kind of between how many theaters can we get this in slash, did we engineer it to be extremely su- successful overseas? I wonder. That's, I wonder a hundred years from now, are people going to be making like. Uh, the Hunger Games movies the same way they make Jane, Jane Austen movies. Like it'll eventually become public domain and like anybody can make a version of it. They'll make uh, one with zombies. They'll make one that's a musical. Joss Whedon will do one. Joss Whedon's head if, from Futurama. I don't know if internet or excuse me, intellectual properties even work that way anymore. Those are there things now that can go into public domain like that? Yeah, unless you've got a lot of money. Like Disney keeps pushing the envelope down the road on like Mickey Mouse, and that's kind oh, of what then, that's kind of what triggered it all. 
to be honest with you. Then I, Mickey Mouse I should be public domain. I think Spider-Man and Batman and Superman should be public domain. I have the answer for you, Travis. No, that's not going to happen because in this span of about 15 years, Disney will own all of the intellectual property. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I'm surprised they didn't bring them into those congressional hearings about monopolies. <laughs> they can't because they're Disney. <laughs> yeah, Disney owns everything. <laughs> Disney owns the intellectual property behind those hearings. Disney, Disney created not intellectual going to write themselves into that story. Which is ironic because... Disney was basically made off of, you know, using other people's intellectual property to tell like exactly. Snow White, Cinderella, Pinocchio. These are all stories that existed before. I mean, they they still kind of do it. I mean, whenever they bring out a, a new movie, isn't it usually based on... Uh, I guess Frozen's kind of one of their more recent ones. That's not... That's based on, based on yeah, an actual... it's based on the Ice Queen from Hans Christian Andersen. Well, there you go, my man. They're, they're still doing it. Yeah, they should really, the they is... should really just let the Mickey Mouse stuff go because anybody that's like a, a super Disney head is owing, only going to accept Disney produced Mickey Mouse stuff. You know what I mean? They're not going to take generic dollar store Mickey Mouse. It's well, that's, be- that's one of the things, Travis, is like when you talk about merchandising, uh, most licensed merchandising is kind of the most boring, generic, like we just slapped a logo on this. It's when you let kind of more cre- creative, artistic people have a go at it, they'll make something really gorgeous out of it. Like, I, and, and I'm not saying this is necessarily across the board true, but you'll say Disney, if you want a Mickey Mouse shirt, it, there is kind of a canonical... Like era to era, there is a canonical version of this is what Mickey Mouse looks like. This right. is our, how you draw Mickey Mouse, and I'm I'm personally I'm a huge fan of really highly stylized things. So if you're going to, uh, you know, the Mickey Mouse I want to see is <laughs> if that was my bag, or like like I want to see a uh, uh, an artist like a like a Scotty Young. Scotty Young is a comic book artist who does work primarily for Marvel, but his style is extremely like very personalized looks very cartoonish like you see if you see a scotty young thing you can identify it immediately as scotty young work and that's the kind of stuff that i like to see but a license like they're they're not going to license something like that because um yeah because they didn't think of it (laughs) basically Uh, like if you go if you go through like uh Fanex or uh, San Diego Comic Con or something, and you see you go down Artist Alley and you see all these artists doing their interpretations of these intellectual properties. Technically, I mean, technically they're breaking the law. Yeah. But it's not technically; they absolutely are. But at the same time, the law, as it stood twenty years ago, it would have been fine to do Mickey Mouse or or some of these older characters because they they should have been. Uh, intellectual property for, of the people at this point. So it's, it. I'm not going to nitpick about it, you know, because it, it's supposed to become, you know, the intellectual property of everyone at some point. You're not supposed to be able, corporations aren't so supposed to just be able to hold on to it forever. Hey, I want, sword. I, I want you I to look like something it, up. But the, oh, okay. And, and then we, we can finish this discussion but i want to close out with something i want you to look up uh prince of thieves cereal 
<laughs> I was watching, my son showed me these YouTube videos. It was about uh, like crazy food tie-ins. And then we watched one. Oh, I, I've got to get find out from him what it was and I'll send you the link. We can talk about it next week. But it was about like horrible children's toys, like super inappropriate children's toys. Like for example, I'll tell you the, the Nimbus 2000 uh, broomstick from Harry Potter vibrated. So kids, kids were basically uh, running yes. around on a giant vibrator. Things like that. Nice. Squirt guns that shoot a white gelatinous goo because it was an alien squirt gun. And they were too cheap well, to make it green, so it came out white and that, uh, gooey. That Jar Jar Binks uh, uh, push pop that's just his tongue. Like oh, you geez. super make out with uh, Jar Jar Binks. Right. <laughs> I was just looking at the uh, Prince of Thieves action figures. Oh, wow. There's some I didn't ones. know they made Did toys. You? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they did that with a lot of stuff in that area. I, that also reminds me of, do you remember the, the, the particular line was called Powers of the Force uh, action figures? Yeah, where they were all super buff. They were all like super, super roided out. Like the, the Mark Hamill, the chest on that. But uh, even the, the Princess Leia one. Yeah, she was very... Uh, uh, interesting looking she looked like she yeah. was half gamorian guard in the face yeah yeah the face is weird and she's got beefy body too yeah but that was the toy line that got me back into action figures when they re-released that um i i think a lot about i do you ever kind of think about that no matter what you're looking at no matter how bad something is there is one person out there that it's their favorite oh yeah for so sure you think about there's one person, there's got to be at least a single person out there who Prince of Thieves cereal was their absolute favorite cereal. And they always like, like no, that, it, it had the right, it had a crunch that no other cereal had. It was the perfect, <laughs> it, the, the sugar to crunch ratio was like, there is an evangelist out there for Prince of Thieves cereal. There I was somewhere. I was into Smurfberry cereal. Do you remember that? I loved the Smurf cereal. It was Smurf berries. Was it? Was it, was, it just uh, Captain Crunch? Crunch berries? It was basically Crunch berries, but it was just the berries. It was good. Somebody out there likes to unwind at night by putting on some Carol Channing records. Hi, everybody! It's Carol Channing, and that's how they relax. Just like the, yeah. I wanna be loved <laughs> that's by their, you. That's their ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> so like tell me what you're there. seeing on that cereal. There's uh, well, I mean, I just saw a picture of it. Uh, it looks I mean, like it looks I like uh, flesh-colored I mean, wieners. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're supposed right, to be arrows. They look like little wieners. They, <laughs> yep. Yep. It looks like a bachelor party cereal. Or bachelorette. Yeah, it, does. it does look like a bachelorette. Like you're onto something. Yeah, find yourself, find yourself a freshly sealed box of Prince of Thieves cereal. Don't <laughs> worry, it hasn't gone bad. I'm sure it's fine. And take it to your next. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very generic box. It is a very like we couldn't get Kevin Costner to sign off on. Oh, hundred percent. That's what it was because he was famous for like being super greedy about stuff like that. So yeah, that was a hundred. It's just a, a random, uh, Robin Hood looking guy. But it's it's basically a, a a bowl of dicks. 
that's what I was gonna. That's kind of what I was gonna say about the Disney thing. Because don't get me wrong, Disney is greedy as hell, but the licensing <clears throat> thing is the licensing thing is such a weird. It, it's like if they don't go after everyone, if they don't pick every nit, then that leads to precedent. So yeah. in this case of like, if Kevin Costner doesn't say, "No, you can't use my face for the box of cereal," unless you pay me what I believe I'm worth then that sets a precedent that like, well, I mean, you let the Prince of Thieves serially use your face. Surely this thing that we're making money on it, it opens the floodgates and it sucks. And I hate, I hate places. <laughs> I, I hate entities like uh, Disney prosecuting any bootleg t-shirt that somebody made and is making money on like some Etsy store. I, I made, you know, uh, you know, Disney's Hercules earrings and they have to come and shut them down. <laughs> it's just somebody in their garage doing it. But the, the messed up thing with it is it, it's 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 a two part thing of a if Disney lets one person do it then they've set enough precedent precedent that like Hasbro doesn't have to get the licensing money they could just do it because you let this t shirt lady do it right yeah it's just whether but, you're gonna get narked out or not <laughs> but that is also that it all, that's also predicated upon Disney has enough money to prosecute everything into the ground. Even if someone is in the right, Disney has enough money to bury them in litigation. Right. Which sucks. It's a, it's a bummer. I think as far as like using your likeness and stuff like that, I think companies are smart. They've built that into contracts. That's why you, you see Marvel, all the actors that played Marvel characters in so many, you know, whether it's baby wipes or <laughs> dog food or, or whatever you see it in you're going to see the actual actor. Cause I think that's built into the contracts that we, we get to use your likeness. We'll pay you this much, but you don't get to negotiate. negotiate well, it's interesting. It. It's interesting. You say that because there's a, and a, there's an Avengers game coming out in the next few months that, uh, I can't even remember who's developing. I haven't followed it closely, but one of the things they talk about is you can tell, uh, you know, it's a game being, you You know, they're using the Disney kind of that universe license, the movie license. Well, I guess not even the movie license, but the people have talked about that this is definitely one of those things that you want to use the versions, like you want to use the Chris Hemsworth version of Thor, mm -hmm. but we need to make the face on this look enough not like Chris Hemsworth's worth so we don't get sued. Like he's got the hair, he's got the beard. We need to adjust this face so that it looks... And it ends up there's an uncanny valley aspect to it of, ooh, you like you want me you want this to have the tone of Chris Evans, but you can't really use Chris Evans, so you need to adjust it. That that's what that Prince of Thieves thing is is like. Yeah. We want to evoke, we want to evoke uh, the Costner, but we need to adjust. Like the hair's a little too long, and the features are pretty nondescript. It sounds like Definitely they didn't the want to pay though. Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans. That's what it sounds like. Oh yeah, and they can go. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, it's our character. We didn't use your likeness, but we, you know, we own the clothes that they wear. So, could be. I don't know. It's all stuff. It's all stuff. <sighs> I think we should wrap this puppy up. Yeah. Whoa, Nelly. Oh boy. Whoa, Nelly. Sounds like you just crawled out of a donkey. If anyone out there has any thoughts on penis shaped or penis shaped cereal, not penis shaped cereal, I'm not going to judge how you'd like to see your cereal. That's just not what I do. If you have any thoughts on either sides of that road, 
later to the tater at gmail.com is how you get a hold of us uh, about those things. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're listening and you're having a good time, please go to the Apple iTunes in particular. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a one-sentence review. Gives us that visibility. If uh, if not, we'd love it if you'd tell a friend. Just suggest us to someone and see if we can be their cup of tea. Hey, we're on Spotify now, by the way. No kidding. Yeah, we're good on Spotify. I, I did that the other day. Cool beans. Well, yeah. you know, check us out there. That's probably easier for a lot of you, and mostly what we just want is ears on us. So. Cool beans and pod beans. We're on there, too. We're on Laughable, cool Spotify, Podbean. Uh, I, I just found out I can uh, just automatically send it straight to a YouTube channel. I need to set that up, though. But that'll well, be cool. You're doing the hard work out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm digging. Digging them holes. All right. Uh, you, got any, you got any plugs? Are you going to be anywhere soon? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be headlining Wise Guys Ogden August 28th and 29th, so... What? Buy your tickets ahead of time because it's limited seating due to uh, social distancing. So you can only get about 50% of the people in there. So make sure you doesn't pick up the, tickets. Doesn't the end of August seem so far away? Yeah, it does. It, it's really only four weeks away now. Boy, the speed of life these days, I told you. <laughs> also, if you're if you're in Utah, the, the Jordan Landing Club's going to open back up and it's a it's a smaller area now just because uh quite honestly not as many people are going to see stand-up comedy right now during this but it's also there's rent to be paid so there's a smaller area and the shows are going to be more intimate and it's going to be a really fun little room and then hopefully once things pick back up can move back into the big room it would just it wouldn't be super fun to have a room that seats 300 people with only 50 people in it. So try it, try Every, it something different. <laughs> everything's weird. Yeah. Please try to try to live responsibly everyone. And, uh, if you're going to live responsibly, responsibly support local business in particular. Yeah. Especially because all these big business businesses, they're getting bailouts, stuff like that. Uh, the post office doesn't get a bailout. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, an actual government like agency doesn't get any government money. Go figure. Um, 200, 200 McDonald's are closing nationwide. I'm like, who really? Freaking who? I didn't even know that. That's shocking. Say, what, is, what does it matter? No, it doesn't I really. I have to I have to drive uh, three blocks to get to a McDonald's rather than <laughs> around the corner. Like, there are a lot of McDonald's out there. That it, you know. And also, guess who's going to be Travis? Guess who's going to be okay? Uh, me and you. Well, hopefully us. But more importantly, McDonald's is going to be fine. I feel bad for the five people that still work at McDonald's. There, there because they That's they already world. got rid of a bunch of people when they started doing the uh, the self serve touch ordering thing. Basically, there's no cashiers anymore. So it's basically just the people. Handing or making the food and handing it out the drive-through. The the availability of business and paying people a living wage is a. I don't think we're. I don't think we want to start getting into that right now. No, it's just everybody is so accustomed to. I want everything that I want and I want it right now, and so everything has to be super cheap. But maybe things. Maybe we don't need as much, and we can pay a little bit more for good quality and also other people can benefit from that. I don't, that's all I'm going to say I, about it, but I agree. 
like let let people have a living. Do you remember? Do you remember a time, Jake, where people go? It would be nice to have that, but now it's like, nope, I gotta have it, and it's better be here by tomorrow, or I'm gonna complain. Well, that's that's what that's what Amazon gets you, Travis. I mean, yeah. you, you certainly know that more than, than most people. Is Amazon? Amazon's, Amazon's ruining my sort life. Of freakish. Uh, you ever notice Jeff Amazon, Bezos looks like Blofeld from the old James Bond movies with his droopy eye? Um, I just think he looks his like bald a, head. Yeah, <laughs> I just see Jeff Bezos and I see a female massage he, device. He's basically he's Doctor Evil. The world. He's Doctor Evil. You can buy Again, laser Travis, beams attached to a shark's freaking head on Amazon. I don't, I don't think we have time to get into no, we don't. Jeff Bezos right we now. We don't. <laughs> so, what kind uh, of name Blue is Wave Bezos Theory? anyway? Blue Wave Theory. Uh, <laughs> surely someone who needs to be looked at. Indeed. Uh, Blue Wave Theory does our music for our opening and closing. We really appreciate the usage on that. Thanks, Blue Wave Theory. Uh, anything else? Anything else you got to get off your chest there, Uh Mm, no no i don't think so well then for uh, opinions on jeff bezos everywhere this has been late to the party with travis tate i'm jake i'm travis tate oh follow me at travis tate funny on social media and better tate than never